Hello everybody, welcome once again to Varied Not Random. Pat Sherwood joined with my co-host Adrian Bosman. Boz, what's up, man? How's the fitness going? Fitness is going okay. I had a track session the other day, which blew me out a little bit. Uh, I haven't done a lot of running. It's funny, my, my friend Jordan came to town and uh, he's like, hey, let's do a track Saturday. I'm like, all right. So I get down to the track and he asked me, so what's your running volume been like lately? And I said, uh, <laughs> let me carry the one, zero, which is mm -hmm. really bad because, I mean, as far as exercises to do during a quarantine, running is like top of the list. And I've been so bad about staying up on it. So haven't done a lot of running, went to the track, ran some sprints and uh, sore as hell as a result. I don't know about you, anytime I sprint and I haven't done it in a while, my obliques just yes, get lit up. 100%. Oh, yep. man. Yep. And it's funny, every now and then when I program like a 10 by 100, yeah. for example, to the uninitiated, there's the same, you know what's coming. Oh, well, what are we, is this it? Is this all we're doing? You know, and if you can actually get people to pour their heart and soul into yep. it, their hamstrings and oh, posterior yeah. chain feel like they did heavy squats. Your, yep. Their midline is wrecked. They can't cough without pain. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, how did this happen? It's like, ah, the wonders of intensity. <laughs> I know how it happened. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it's, and it's a beautiful thing. You know, today's topic is going heavy, which is a fantastic one and very fitting because I pulled heavy deads yesterday. And so oh, I'm, yeah. I'm, head, I'm head to toe feeling it. So I'm, I'm physically and mentally primed for the topic. Well, I should. I was going to say I love the topic, but I've said that on every podcast, but it's true. I've loved everything that we've talked about. Well, so that's far. good. I mean, I feel like if you didn't love it, maybe we should just not include the it on the roster. You know? Yeah. The, uh, yeah. You know, I love the topic. Uh, how, do, how do I say this? I'll get myself into hot water. Uh, I'm just going to come out and say it. I don't like going heavy. Oh, me either. Oh, you don't? <laughs> no, oh, okay. I, you know, it's funny. Like, I, I enjoy lifting and... Uh, you know, it's, it's definitely something that is a weakness of mine. I've always been a perpetually skinny guy. And so, you know, there's a bit of ego in there where it's like, yeah, I got to try to keep up with people that are bigger than me. Um, but especially the more I've got fitness behind me, I don't really enjoy spending a lot of time under a heavy load. Um, I, mm -hmm. I do it. And, you know, the, when, I, when I plan my month and my week well, I sprinkle in just enough that I do like those sessions. But if it's, okay. if it's one of those things where I know I have to be doing it day in, day out, or like regularly um, as part of a routine or whatever, then I'm not, I lose interest quickly. Yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't want to insult. I mean, the world loves heavy lifting. So yep. a lot of people watching this are now in shock. My apologies. <laughs> and, I, and I don't want anyone to get my message twisted. While I don't enjoy it, I very obviously and clearly understand how critical and beneficial it is to being well-rounded in the bre breadth and depth of capacity and how influential heavy lifts are. So I do them and I do them every yeah. single solitary time that they're programmed yep. because I understand the benefit, ah, but it takes discipline. It takes <laughs> discipline for me to go in there and, and some, you know, some days are easier to walk in and it's a heavy day. I'm just like, ah, not your favorite session. No, but yeah. I, but I do it. And, and it's funny because I'm not bad at some of the lifts like the lifts that don't require me to be gumby you're gumby you're very flexible you're a technician no one has described me as flexible or a technician <laughs> so something like a you know like a deadlift like i can pull a good dead i get a good you know decent front squat but those are relatively simple things but even even though i'm decent at them i just they don't bring me any joy boss wow they do not 
Yep. And well, I almost just thought of a rabbit hole and I'm, I'm going to try to keep us from going down it right now because, okay. you know, there's, but maybe I'll sprinkle it in your brain that we can circle back to it for a later show. Because, you know, there is that thought and I think that erroneous thought of, here's an oversimplification. I'm going to build up my deadlift, my front, let's take the front squat. I'm going to have this monster front squat. And if I have a monster front squat, that means thrusters are easier and I thereby will beat anyone in a thruster workout that has a lower front right. squat than I do. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. There's a, there's a huge, huge <laughs> diminishing return on something like that. Absolutely. Incorrect. Yep. I mean, there, I get beat all the time. <laughs> yeah. There's definitely a point where if you're struggling with a 95 pound front squat with an obviously sure. a 95 pound thruster is going to be a tough, a tough call, but right. there's a huge diminishing of, of return on that as to how much strength buffer is actually going to be beneficial when you get into doing higher repetition schemes and, you know, different reps, different rep schemes sure. and movements and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah. So let's t- we'll, we'll table that rabbit yeah, hole for a, for a little later. So, okay, going heavy. Yep. Here's the nuts and bolts, the basic fundamentals, what you need to know if you're alone in your garage, if you're running the class at your affiliate, trying to communicate some messages to some folks. First of all, Boz, who needs to go heavy? Everybody, uh, it's, it's essential. Everybody's got to do it. Even those of us that don't enjoy it to the fullest. You know, it <laughs> seems like, like you were saying, people love to lift. It seems like one of those things that everybody just kind of gravitates to, at least at, for a, a portion of their fitness journey. Um, but yeah, everybody needs to do it. It's one of those things. I think it's probably one of those attributes that if you do nothing is going to be one of the first to fall off most significantly. If you look mm-hmm. at somebody's age, you know, from start to finish. So sure. for that reason alone, I think it's important to make sure that you stay up on it. So if everybody needs to go heavy, how often do they need to lift heavy? That is, that is the million dollar question. And uh, it's going to come down to what else are you trying to pursue? Like all of these questions, it's really hard to just say, oh, twice a week and you're done. Um, it really has to do with what else are you doing? If you are somebody that is interested in, as I assume most of the listeners are going to be, uh, like a more general, well-rounded fitness, then mm-hmm. it's once or twice a week is going to be just about right for you. Um, and again, you want to take a look back at those results and see, are they still, are you still kind of inching the needle forward? If so, great, you're doing enough. Uh, the danger though is every time that you lift heavy and you're not doing something else, that thing that you didn't do is going to be negatively impacted. So you kind of have to weigh the cost and benefit there, especially if you're somebody that really loves to lift, you're good at it, you're naturally drawn to it. It's easy to just start adding that in. And next thing you know, you're running a powerlifting program, which is great if you right. want to powerlift, but, <laughs> sure. but yep. not great if all you're looking to do is be a generalist and, and keep your fitness high. Yes, exactly. And I think like you nail it, for the generalist, once or twice a week is great. You know, there's that old saying of, you know, live your life in couplets and triplets, go heavy at least once a week every now and then go long. And yep. and that's a good rough saying for a reason. Yep. And that, that going heavy once a week, you know, at least once a week, it can look like you're seven by one, you're five by five, you know, five sets of three, five, four, three, two, one, four sets of seven, whatever. But, it, and those maybe are some more of your classic lifting days, but heavy could also look like you programming a workout that is that is mixed modality and it's a multi-round workout it's potentially for time but it has a definite heavy bias sure and you can allow yourself so going heavy doesn't have to just fit into one neat little envelope although there is certainly 
um, a classic way to program those workouts. And I personally, this is just my personal opinion, I like to call them heavy days and not strength days because I think words are powerful. They get into your clients and members' heads. And if just the seven by one days or the five by five days are your strength days, I think it can be easy for people to think, well, these are the days that I get strong at, and then the other days I don't get strong. Right. I'm just working on my conditioning. And it's like, uh, you know, strict pull-ups get you strong. Ring dips get you strong. Elsa's get you strong. So I like, I personally like heavy day, but that's just, that's just my two cents there as well. And well, let's say that we're going to do one of these classic heavy days, yep. seven by one, five by five, whatever it has to be. Before we clicked on the camera and I asked you what was on your mind, you said one of the broad topics was kind of putting the time and effort into them that they need or not rushing through them, you know, giving them the the attention. So what did you mean by that? What's the problem? What's the solution? Well, so a lot of times what you see with people that are, again, training with mixed modes, you know, CrossFitters that want to do a lot of things and get good at a lot of things is they're going to rush the process when it comes to actually implementing that heavy day. So, you know, for example, if I lift a really, truly heavy load for whatever level you're at, you get your set of five done. In order for you to perform again at that level, it's gonna take some time for your body to recover. Physiologically, there's a reset time there that needs to happen. And if you rush that, not only are you in danger of not making the lift, but you're in danger of just not getting the same benefit from that routine. So it's, it's really just a matter of being patient and coming back to the bar, feeling like you're gonna be successful. And, you know, most, most people that are interested in strength training, it's like three to five minutes is the gold standard between sets. And that's for a reason. It's, it's like sprinting. You know, we were talking about sprinting earlier. If I hit a 100-meter dash and then turn around and immediately try to hit that same 100-meter dash, it doesn't take very long before that drop-off is very dramatic. Uh, mm-hmm. And I might as well just be running at that point, which is fine, but very different than sprinting. There's a delineation that needs to be had there. And it's the same thing with strength training. You know, at the point that I just keep moving and keep working and there's no rest, it's going to be a little bit different. It's going to be a different feel and a different physiological uh, outcome. So yeah, give yourself that time. I think if we were operating with a live audience, I would have... I'm going to guess that there would be some people's jaws that hit the ground when you said three to five minutes between lifts. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like, I think, you know, again, it's, CrossFitters love to do things for time, and, and, and I'm, I'm one of them. And that is, for me personally, I will run a clock on my heavy days, and I'll, I'll do a lift, and then I'll walk over to the dry erase board in my garage. I'll write down the lift that I did, how much it was, and then I note the time on the clock yep. so that I can look at it because... I'll feel like a bunch of time went by and I look up in 90 seconds. Exactly. It's only gone by and I yep. have to take, it takes discipline to slow myself down and not go back to the barbell. Three or four minutes for a CrossFitter, that's an eternity. That's glacial pace. Yeah, it feels that way. And so sometimes if you have a group, it can actually self-regulate a little bit better. You know, you have two, three people at a platform, you kind of rotate right. through the platform. That at least gives you some natural breakup in there. Uh, but yeah, especially if you're lifting on your own, it can be really tempting to just jump right back in. And any tips or tricks? So let's say you are squatting and you're resting three to five seconds between those lifts. Are Minutes. you just standing around? <laughs> are you pedaling on a bike? Are you doing a couple slow air squats? You know, anything that you've seen kind of works well to maximize your performance, keep everything you keep everything going in the right direction? Yeah, any, any and all of the above. I think that, uh, you know, if you're somebody that needs to occupy yourself with something, 
then fine, like a really slow cadence on an air bike, fine, that could work. Um, ideally, you're just doing nothing, in my opinion. You're just getting ready mm -hmm. for the next lift. Um, but if you do have to occupy yourself with something, something that isn't going to fatigue you for that next lift or that next set. And on a heavy day, for you personally, what sort of music is most appropriate? Uh, you know, it's funny, like that, it, it, you would think that the answer would be like some sort of just super intense, super loud, whatever. <laughs> but honestly, I find that, I, I don't know if I'm just sensitive or what, but uh, if it's too in your face, and this is true for just about any workout, I find it distracting and, and debilitating almost. I don't like it when it's like just coming at you all the time. So yeah, it's, it's, I, I don't have anything specific that I'm listening to while it's on the, you know, the mm -hmm. heavy day docket. Uh, but what I'm not doing is having it come at me full tilt because I feel like that just, it, I don't know. You it surprised invades. me. Yeah. You surprised me with that one. Yeah. I, 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 misread, I misread the tattoos, <laughs> you know, the, uh, <laughs> but what's funny is I'm actually of the same mindset. Yeah. It's, I like I like something a bit more calming. I don't know I don't know why it is, but uh, but interesting. Okay, so let's say we get into the garage, yep. we get into the affiliate, whatever it happens to be. We're, we're fired up. It's five by five back squat, oh, high yeah. fives, chest bumps going on. Here is how I think things lay out, and it's good to identify some terms. So you're going to do a warm up. Yep. But there's a couple warm ups. There's your general warm up which is just your head to toe, getting loose, priming the system, moving your joints through a full range of motion, saying, hey, guess what, body? We're, we're about to do something. Yep. That may take, let's just say, 12 to 20 minutes, depending on what you have going on. Then you're going to have, let's say, if, if on the docket is a five by five back squat, those five sets of five repetitions, I would call those, call them whatever you want, but identify them in your gym. I would call those your working sets. Yeah. And then wedged between your general warm-up and your working sets are your warm-up sets for whatever the lift of the day happens to be. And this is another area that I think may not get the time or attention it deserves in a rushed session or whatnot because you, we want to we get to the lifts, we want to get at it, where you don't want to build so slowly that you wear yourself out, right. but you're not going to be ready after doing a general head-to-toe warm-up for that first heavy set of five uh, back squat. And so you need to give yourself or your clients the time to gradually build up. So for yourself, if you are going to do a heavy five, a heavy single, whatever it happens to be, are you doing that same sort of protocol personally when you warm up, I mean, like three to five minutes between lifts? Do you cut it down a little bit? You know, what do you... For, How do you roll? For the warm-up sets, I definitely take a little bit less time. But the danger, the, or I guess danger is the wrong word, but the, the easy thing to fall into is pre-fatiguing yourself to the point that it mm -hmm. starts to impact that first lift. So realistically, the warm-up should be exactly that. You want to groove the technique. You want to gradually improve, uh, uh, sorry, increase the weight so that it gets a little bit closer to your working sets. So it's not this big shock to the system. But you want to do that without creating such fatigue that it impacts the lifts that really matter, which are those working sets. So oftentimes what that means is doing a little bit fewer reps than maybe you should, maybe you think you can with, with that opener weight uh, or your warm-up weights rather. Um, taking a little bit of time, but you don't have to, you don't have to push it out to that three to five minutes. Uh, mm -hmm. And then really just kind of I don't know what the word is. It's 
I'm having a hard time uh, describing this. It's like, I guess what I'm struggling with is that some people, they're going to get to their working weights and they prefer having few sets to do that. And there's other people that really need uh, to... Bigger jumps? Well, uh, there's other people that really need to feel the groove of the lift before they're going to be successful heavy. And that's me. So from my experience, I need... Like deadlifting is a great example. I'm at my best when I'm deadlifting after I've had quite a few reps of kind of warm-up and practice before my working sets. And so I'm always trying to balance how much fatigue I get in those, in those early mm -hmm. sets with what I know is coming and the fact that I know that I need a few more extra sets than the average person to get comfortable with that lift. So it's, it's tough to kind of hem a one-size-fits-all into that. Right. And yes, exactly, yes. And I think that that is going to be the ongoing struggle or not struggle but point we'll keep coming back to in a lot of these podcasts and episodes is there are incredible and wonderful and beneficial guidelines and parameters and some lessons learned and best practices and strength and conditioning but then there's a whole bunch of just individual flavor that sure. you have to put in there that you only learn through trial and error and through experience as to you know what works precisely well for you as an individual warming up the deadlift and it's funny you say that because i am the opposite of you on the deadlift i don't mind making bigger jumps and, and getting there a little quicker but that's not the case on any squatting movement mm, if i'm going to squat you know and i've got a, a bad hip that takes a long time to get to feel good and to get to below parallel and get comfortable with the way that i it's a long session for me to lift heavy below parallel mm. You know, whereas deadlift, I can get there a little quickly, but I only, and that doesn't mean that I should make everybody in my class warm up the same as right. me, right? And so there's those, again, those general parameters, but then you have to have a little bit of freedom in there so that everybody has the opportunity to be ready to lift heavy. Because if somebody's not, and then you're forcing them just because the timeline says something, you could potentially be going down a bad road there and what gives you the time to do that is not trying to stuff two or three other things yep, into absolutely. this heavy day. Yeah, and I think that's the real kicker right there is, you know, given that you need to have rest time between the sets to have it really be that effective, given that variability in warm-up time, things like that, yeah, you should dedicate more time than you think to those heavy sessions. And, and that's kind of the interesting thing when you look at uh, different programs. Like if you've ever run an Olympic lifting program or a powerlifting program uh, personally, to me, that's one of the biggest like striking contrasts is just how long the sessions mm -hmm. are. You know, like the average lifting session, if somebody's a serious lifter, I mean, man, it's not a 45 minute ordeal. <laughs> I'll tell you right. that much. Uh, but the pack of lunch. Exactly. But the amount of volume that they're doing within that isn't crazy either. But it's because they have to account for that kind of rest period. They have to account for the buildup of fatigue over time. And they're focused on that one element. And, and I really think that that's an important page to kind of mm -hmm. focus on for the rest of us when it comes time to implementing those lifting days. Given the heavy days, the respect they deserve. Absolutely. Yep. So you do your general warm-up. You do your warm-up sets. And now, okay, I've been doing my warm-up sets. I've got a little bit shorter rest period, doing some reps, add a little weight, do a little more. How do I know when, okay, it's time. I'm going to count this next lift. This is, this is my first of my seven singles or my five yep. by five. How do you know when the working set begins? I think that really depends on your experience level. And if you're somebody who's experienced, well, you probably have a pretty good sense of your numbers. So you can kind of 
gauge off of what you've done in the past. That's the easiest answer. Um, if you're newer, I think then you're going to have to consider what am I doing with this session? And, and it's likely that you're going to start at a weight and then continue to build through the session. In, in my opinion, mm -hmm. the more experienced the lifter, the more likely you're going to do sets across. And you're just trying to get mm -hmm. a, a volume at a high percentage of your one rep max. But you have to know that in order to do that. So for the beginner uh, or somebody who's a little less experienced, I think that ramp up period ends when you get to the point where you know the number of reps that you have to do in your head and you ask yourself, based on my last warm up, let's say I did 100 pounds on my last warm up, my next set's gonna be 125. Let's just to keep, keep the math easy. Mm -hmm. Do I think that I could get five without question? If the answer is I could probably do 10, well, then it's not heavy enough. If the answer is yes, I could definitely do five, I could probably get six you're right on the money. That mm -hmm. first set should be a success, but it shouldn't be a question of whether or not you're gonna nail it or not. I like that a lot, and that yep. gives more, more numbers, or it's a bit more well-defined to a phrase that I use regularly as to what your working set should be, but it's, it's comfortably vague okay. but accurate, which is, I feel like your working sets should be appropriately challenging. And yep, appropriate sure. meaning it's not so, if it was inappropriate, you've compromised your technique, you've compromised your mechanic, it's an inappropriate yep. loading on the bar. But it also has to be challenging because if it's not challenging, you're not providing your body with the stimulus you need and what you hope to gain from a heavy day. Yep. And what is appropriately challenging is different for the novice lifter, the intermediate, and the advanced. And it's basically the same thing that you just said there, but you def you know, you gave some, uh, some nice parameters and numbers, but everybody, you need to lift appropriately challenging for you yeah and I, so let's say well, I, put okay. it, I put it in those terms so let's go back to that example i got my first set in i got five it was great during my rest period which i'm going to take i have the time to evaluate okay if i have an honest assessment right. how many other repetitions could i have done with that weight and if the answer was i stopped at five because that was on the board but i probably could have done eight or nine okay well then you know that the next set i can mm -hmm. make a little jump if that yep. honest assessment was like, man, that fifth rep was, that was right on the line. Okay. Well then <laughs> you certainly shouldn't go up and you might even right. consider taking a little baby step back just to make sure that you are going to hit that next set. So that evaluation process between sets is really important in my opinion. And that three to five minutes is a great time in a class for that coach to walk around yep. and have those conversations. Hey, how did that feel, et cetera, et cetera. And then, you know, make a nice call for whatever the next lift should happen to be. Here are some questions that might be old hat to you, but man, they're common. So okay. here's the deal. Let's say you're doing a five by five back squat and on your third set of five, you fail, yep. you get four. What, do you count that? Do you not count it? Do you start, try again? You know, what do you do with a yeah. missed lift? Uh, I would say the majority of the time you're gonna count that set as I part agree. of your working sets. Uh, now, obviously you have to make a notation like, okay, I only got three out of five or whatever. Um, but the effort that goes into that still fatigues you. It still counts towards the recruitment of the muscle fibers. That's what you're after. So it's not like it didn't happen. <laughs> so and you, you got to, in a heavy set of four, exactly. basically a max. A yeah, max yeah, four reps. I used to say that to my guys all the time, that the most honest set of five was a set of four, you know? <laughs> right, right. <laughs> I would, I would absolutely agree with that. Yeah. And 
when is a good time to try for a PR? Uh, you know, a PR, I think, is one of those things where you're going to have to feel it out on the day. And I think it's one of those, again, based on experience level. If you're somebody that is relatively inexperienced, you can kind of play it by ear and you'll probably find that your PRs are going to come more regularly than those of us that are a little bit more seasoned. Um, mm -hmm. And so for those of us that are more seasoned, you're going to have to you're going to have to kind of feel the day. Uh, if you're running a lifting program that's really detailed, it'll probably tell you when you're supposed to peak and, and plan for that. But if you're just doing the lifting session as part of a, a general fitness, I'm a big fan of the strike while the iron's hot. Some days yep. I'll come in and the lift that I was supposed to do feels impossible. Fine. I'm mm -hmm. not, I'm not going to try to run my head through the wall and go beyond that. But there's other days where I have the weight that I was planning on lifting and it feels great. Those are the days that I'm going to try to step it up a little bit more. I feel, okay, you know what? Today's the day. I'm feeling good. Now's my opportunity to, uh, to make a pass at this. I would agree with that as well. And I'll just give you my, my closing thoughts on, on the matter, which is you do, I feel you do have to listen to your body and you develop that sense over time. Because a lot of people may want to choose that working weight after their warm-up sets based upon what a classic traditional lifting chart right. would tell you. There's some percentage if you're one rep max. Or like you said, maybe you're on some program and today's the day that you're supposed to max out. Well, those are that's great. But I'm more of a fan of listening to my body. And that's how I choose my working sets. During my warm-up mm. sets, I just pay attention to my body. But I've been doing this 15 years. Because the one thing, while those lifting charts are fantastic and useful... Or the dedicated program that says Wednesday you're going to peak is beautiful. What none of that stuff knows is the lifting chart has no idea that you have a newborn baby in the sure. house and you haven't slept yep. for seven days or you just traveled international for work or your diet has been in the tank or, you know, what did you do? Well, you probably know this in a dedicated lifting program, but in a mixed modality like CrossFit, no two, three, four or five athletes might experience the same level of soreness from the last week's training. Yep. All of that comes into account as well. And so lifting charts, things like that have great utility, but I think just developing a good sense of your body and how you feel is one of the best skills uh, that you can do and it will serve you well for uh, for a long time. Yep. Two cents. Can't, can't agree more. Yeah, I absolutely agree. All right, well, go heavy, even if you don't like it. <laughs> You don't have to like it. You just have to do it. There's a motto for you right there. And uh, yeah, lift some heavy weight, be safe, and we will talk to you next time.